Coming up on Stu Does America, Elijah Schaefer is in the building to talk about his new show with Sidney Watson. A Missouri mayor has a bold crypto plan for his constituents. I might be moving there soon. And Joe Biden has a numbers problem. Namely, he doesn't understand numbers. So let's take the president back to school as we do the cost of Biden. Stu Does America. Oh, the drama in Washington, D.C. continues. I guess we're not going to shut down. The government is not shutting down. <laughs> that would have been terrible. We would have lost all the good that they're doing every day. And, and we'll get into all the details on that good, I'm sure, at some point in the run of this show. I don't know when it's going to start, but at some point we'll get to it. But this is really fake drama. We've been talking about it all week. This is whether are they going to spend the $4.7 trillion or not. Maybe both sides won't be able to come to an agreement and they'll just be fiscally responsible for a little while. And, you know, I don't mean to be that dismissive of this. There's still a negotiation going on. This is sort of like action movie drama. Like if you watch an action movie... There's explosions. They're running. Their bullets are missing them by inches. They're diving from, you know, a fifth floor window on a, in a house by the water. And then they're diving into the water. And then they're, the bullets are coming down through the water and just missing them. You know, all that stuff goes on. And you know you can feel the drama. You've, you're on the edge of your seat. But in the end, you know James Bond always survives, right? And that's what's going to happen with the spending eventually. Spoiler alert, by the way. If you've never seen a James Bond movie, he's still alive now, like 100 years later. And he looks kind of he looks definitely different. He looks like a totally different person than those early movies. It's, it's really weird. There are two big developments today in this negotiation to spend all of your money for you that Washington, D.C. is going through right now. And the Democrats are trying to solve this points to a longer delay before the inevitable bills pass. Uh, a couple things. First of all, uh, National Review got in touch uh, with uh, Senator Manchin. Uh, and uh, he's been talking about blocking this bill. Uh, they asked him, Senator, you've been very firm on keeping the Hyde Amendment on the appropriations bills. Are you concerned about that I- issue at all in reconciliation? And Manchin says, certainly. National Review says, with this new Medicaid program, Manchin, yeah, we're not taking the Hyde Amendment off. Hyde is going to be on. In the new Medicaid program, they ask? It has to be. It has to be. This is dead on arrival if the Hyde Amendment is gone. Hyde Amendment, if you don't remember, has to do with federal funding of abortion. Uh, that used to be something that even Democrats would go along with, even though they didn't necessarily love it. Uh, but it's been destroyed over the past few years. Manchin is at least claiming he wants to keep it. That's obviously going to be a big problem for the AOCs of the world and the Progressive uh, Caucus. Then you have uh, this document, which I hold in my hand. And this is a document that is pretty interesting for a couple of reasons. You're not going to be able to read it on the screen. I will give you the highlights here in just a second. But the one thing I do want you to look at while it's on the screen is at the very bottom, two signatures live there. One is Joe Manchin's. One is Chuck Schumer's. And Chuck writes under it, I will try to, it's hard to read, but I will try to see if I can get Joe to move on these, meaning Joe Biden, to move on some of these. Um, Why this is important um, is they've been saying that Joe Manchin never gave them an idea as to how big of a budget uh, he was uh, going to say, going to agree with. He didn't want $3.5 trillion, but how much do you want, Joe? How much do you want? And they kept saying, he's, not, he's evading us. He's not even telling us what he wants. This is, uh, this is a travesty. It's a sham. It's a mockery. It's a travesham mockery. Well, now we know that in July, 
Joe Manchin did give them a top line number and a bunch of details here. And this, I, you know, I believe, was leaked by Manchin's people because he wanted to say, you keep lying in public that I didn't give you a number. Here's the number. I know you don't like it. It's $1.5 trillion. $1.5 trillion. Now, the top line is $1.5 trillion. Here's a couple things that are in this actual document. He wants the Federal Reserve to end quantitative easing as part of this package. He wants there to be means testing on a lot of these benefits, on any of the new spending. So, you know, I guess, you know, Bill Gates doesn't get his free uh, daycare. Uh, there's a bunch of money he wants for opioid addiction. On the climate stuff, you know, he's from West Virginia, mansion, so he likes... Uh, some of those evil, dirty fuels a little bit. He says he wants them to spend on innovation, not elimination. And essentially, don't shut down my coal plants. I need that. I need to win uh, those votes. Uh, If tax credits for solar and wind are included and extended, then fossil fuel tax credits are not repealed. He says it can't just be electric vehicles. We also have to include hydrogen. It'd be interesting to see the background of that one. Um, He says anything in exceeding $1.5 trillion in revenue, meaning your money, taxes, will be used for deficit reduction. He wants to raise the corporate tax rate to only 25%, less than what Biden wants, raise the top in, uh, income rate to 39.6%, raise the capital gains rate to 28%. And it's at the bottom, it says Senator Manchin does not guarantee he will vote for the final reconciliation legislation if it exceeds the conditions outlined in this agreement. He signs it and Chuck Schumer signs it. So we all know Chuck Schumer is a big fat liar. He's been a liar for as long as anyone has known him. But this is now in print, in writing. He actually signed the document. He's he didn't sign it to agree to those terms. He signed to it. He signed it so that he could. He could. It, it would be on record that he got the request from Joe Manchin. Now, why would Manchin want him to sign an agreement to? I mean, this, he's like the post office. Please, it's a. It's a. It's a certified mail. You need to sign for it when you receive it. I think Manchin had this in mind. This exact scenario in mind. He knew they were going to start lying about him, and now he has it all on record uh, from July. So we'll see. Manchin's doing the tough talk right now. So we'll see how much they move. I think eventually it's the progressives that move and accept 1.5 to 2 trillion dollars in the spending package. But it's more than just that, right? A lot of people keep saying, well, $1.5 trillion. Well, I don't know what Joe Manchin's talking about when we're talking about $1.5 trillion. What do you mean $1.5 trillion, $3.5 trillion? None of that even applies here. This is actually a $0 bill. It's true. Didn't you read the tweet from the president? My Build Back Better agenda costs $0. Instead of wasting money on tax breaks, loopholes, and tax evasion for big corporations and the wealthy, we can make a once-in-a-generation investment in working America. Weren't we told it was a once-in-a-generation investment in Obamacare, too? Seems to be a lot of once-in-a-generation investments going on. It adds zero dollars to the national debt. Um, Biden, of course, has been blabbing about this, and it's, it's amazing to watch them try this. This is their actual plan to tell everyone their $3.5 trillion bill is actually a $0 bill. We talk about price tags. The, it is zero price tag on the debt. We're paying. Mm. We're going to pay for everything we spend. So they say it's not, you know, people, understandably, well, you know, it started off at $6 trillion, now it's $3.5 trillion, now it's going, is it going to be $2.9. It's going to be zero. Zero. <laughs> zero trillion, guys. Uh, Ron Klain attempted this as well. We have found a way to pay for every part of the spending with taxes. The net cost of Build Back Better is zero. 
I mean, he's getting closer to the truth, although still not giving it. Uh, then we have Jen Psaki attempting this pathetic idea. I will also note, uh, and we've done this a little bit over the past couple of days, but that this package, the reconciliation package, would cost zero dollars. So what I'm saying, what I, what we are, the case we're making here is that there needs to be agreement on the different components. There's broad agreement on the goals, and then there needs to be agreement on what the revenue pay fors are. Can you imagine that? You wake up in the morning, you're putting on your cute little like uh, pink outfit or whatever she's wearing there, and you open up your email and you realize they want you to go out in front of people and tell them that this is going to cost zero dollars. That's your day. Your day is you're going to go out in a little pink blazer and tell people that $3.5 trillion is actually zero dollars. That's what you have to do with your day. Can you imagine the deep therapy that is going to be needed for Jen Psaki when this is all over? We also have the head of the Progressive Caucus telling you, this is really only costing zero dollars. This is a zero dollar bill mm. because it's all going to be paid for with taxes on the wealthiest corporations and the wealthiest individuals. We put our proposal out. It was it cost three point five trillion when you add everything up. Right. But if somebody wants to take something out, we need to hear what that is. Now, where did this terrible idea come from? I have an I, I have a thought here. Where did this idea come from? If I had to guess the one person who would think this is a good idea to sell to the American people, it would be this one person. Not about a dollar amount. The dollar amount, as the president has said, is zero. This bill will be paid for. <laughs> what is going on with her fingers? Is she? <laughs> wow, that was a weird hand gesture. I'm gonna have nightmares over that hand gesture. She looks like, a, it looks like an alien hand. I want to I want a screenshot of that for later in the show. That was that was creepy city. By the way, did I tell you Nancy Pelosi sucks pens are back in stock? Nancy Pelosi sucks Nancy Pelosi sucks a replica of the actual pen she used for signing the impeachment. Except it says instead of Nancy Pelosi in her signature, it says Nancy Pelosi sucks. It's available now. So how big is this idea that we're dealing with here? How big is it? Think about the 1.5 trillion for a minute, because 1.5 trillion is this crazy outlandish idea from this extreme moderate Joe Manchin. 1.5 trillion, that's it. That's laughable. We're not going to accept 1.5 trillion. We'll blow up the whole government system for that. Let's go back and look back at some maybe some big spending bills you might remember from the past. In 2005, George W. Bush spent $286.4 billion on a transportation bill. 2015, Obama spent $305 billion on an infrastructure package. Don't these seem like old-timey, like it's like back in the 1800s when you'd lead the league in home runs with eight? I, <laughs> it feels so old-timey. 2009, you'll remember this one, Obama's $787 billion economic stimulus, which, by the way, was actually $831 billion, but who's counting? Then we had Obamacare, remember that? Ah, uh, 2010. You know, you were told, America, that was going to cost $940 billion. Sure, was it later revised to $1.8 trillion? Yes. But they told you it was less than a trillion. They wanted to get it less than a trillion. Donald Trump, $1.3 trillion in government funding back in 2018. In 2021, just earlier this year, the same president you might remember just speaking a moment ago spent $1.9 trillion on coronavirus relief. And then, of course, $2.3 trillion were spent on uh, coronavirus relief by Donald Trump in, uh, right after the coronavirus first broke out. And I want you to remember that for a second, because 
even sure the $3.5 trillion would be bigger than all of them. But even the 1.5 crazy option from the extreme moderate $1.5 trillion would be like the third or fourth biggest spending bill in the history of the nation. Now, I, I, this, I don't know how to even say this, but I want to go into the details here because it is important. I want to explain why this claim they keep making over and over again isn't true. But to get there, we're going to have to dive into the weeds a little bit. So I give you a warning in advance. This is going to get a little nerdy, okay? I know some people's eyes sort of glaze over when we're talking about numbers. I get it. But I really need you to bear with me for a second so we can at least get down to this one time we can really understand it. It's important that people know the truth here. So this is why the reconciliation bill doesn't cost zero dollars. Because $3.5 trillion is a higher number than zero Zero is a low number. 3.5 trillion is a high number. For a bill or anything else to cost zero dollars, you have to spend zero dollars. Instead, they're spending $3.5 trillion, which is, as we've noted earlier in this mathematical discussion, is more zero dollars. This is unbelievable. Biden and the Democratic Party are trying to redefine the word cost. The actual definition is an amount that has to be paid or spent to buy or obtain something. We kind of all knew that, I thought. But Biden wants you to think that cost means something completely different. He's trying to make you believe that if you spend $3.5 trillion and then raise taxes to pay for that by $3.5 trillion, that means the bill has no cost. That's nuts. That's not what the words mean. So let's look at a real world example uh, for a second. If you take the Democratic Biden view here, you get, let's say, your first job out of college, $50,000 a year, and then you use that cash to buy a $50,000 car. In the Biden world, that car has no cost. Is that how you think about it? Of course, that comparison is not exactly right to reality here. Since the taxes raised won't actually pay for the full package, it would be like getting your first job out of college for $50,000 a year and then using that cash to buy a $100,000 car. And Joe Biden says that car has no cost. But it's really worse than that. It's like getting your first job out of college for $50,000 a year while you're carrying $500,000 in college debt and then still buying a $100,000 car. Under the Biden system, that car has no cost. But you know what? That's not really right either. To really parallel this Democratic bill, you can't actually have a job at all. It's really like getting out of college with $500,000 in debt with no job and somehow getting a credit card with a $100,000 limit, which you immediately max out and use to buy a $100,000 car. And Joe Biden wants you to believe that that car has no cost. Why would they try this? A $3.5 trillion bill costs Zero dollars? How could anyone think they could get away with that? Because they think you are dumb. They think you have the IQ of a potato.
Just stop and think about this for a second. They are so sure that you are so stupid. They are comfortable saying publicly that a spending bill that is larger than the annual gross domestic product of India costs nothing. This isn't them saying you're uninformed. This is the Democratic Party in unison accusing the American people of being mouth-breathing Neanderthal stupid. And the worst part is, for about half the country, the right. You know, I bought a home not too long ago. Hmm. And you know what the cost was? Zero dollars. You know why? Because I make the payments. I had to borrow the money to buy the house, and I'm paying lots of interest on it. Um, oh, and I'm not really going to make all the payments, but it cost me zero dollars. That's how you could buy a house in Joe Biden's America. If you want to buy that uh, house, though, maybe for the best price possible, maybe you want to have a real estate agent that doesn't look at math the way Joe Biden does, you're going to need to find a real estate agent on realestateagentsitrust.com. You need to have your most important financial transactions. Uh, you need an ally in those. And, and I mean this, a lot of people don't even get buyer's agents. I don't even understand that. You shouldn't do that. You should get a buyer's agent, someone on your side. If you're buying a home, get a buyer's agent. If you're selling a home, you're going to definitely need a real estate agent. Get somebody who can help you maximize a transaction that could be the most important one you ever make. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to get more information. Find the best real estate agent in your area at realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. So it's great to have Elijah Schaefer here in studio, host of Slightly Offensive with Elijah Schaefer and co-host of the brand new show. You are here along with Sydney Watson, both right here on Blaze TV. Elijah, how's it going? You know, it's going well. I'm the less cute one on the new show, mm-hmm. so it's kind of interesting. Don't sell though. yourself short. I know, You're you adorable. know, one, if you put me in stilettos and Sydney. <laughs> I'm not going to try to cheat here, but you can guess which one looks better. I think so. I think so. (laughs) Um, You have like 11 teen shows on this network now. This is interesting because you have, I mean, obviously you do all the stuff on YouTube. You're out, you know, doing your your thing everywhere. Something crazy is happening. You you tend to be there. You have Slightly Offensive. Why take on a whole new show? Well, because um, Netanyahu in Israel wanted to pay me 10 billion uh, shekels. No, <laughs> oh, okay, good. no. I, I, I honestly, like, it came down to the fact of obviously it doesn't make sense to take on another show. But the point is, is that Slightly Offensive is intentionally made to be like a gateway drug. Mm. Uh, like how people think of like pot, right? You warn your kids <laughs> about like, hey, you don't want your teenager smoking pot because you go, obviously you can get around the wrong people and you can go down the wrong rabbit hole. <laughs> right. That's what my show is supposed to be. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not supposed to be hardcore right-wing po- politics. It's just supposed to be fun, laughing. Yeah. Let's get into this. And it should bring you into the like to shows like yours where you're a little more dogmatic, have stronger opinions. Mm. And I really like that. But it's like, I'm more than that too. Yeah, yeah. And I love hanging out with the kids and, and <laughs> you know passing around the pipe of weird TikToks and laughing at life. But it's like, it comes to the point where in a serious moment, and it's every day there's too much going on not to be able to just sit down at the evening and try to make sense of it all. Kind of like this show, which is epic. And of course, you should always watch before you watch You Are Here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great idea, too. You Are Here. The title is interesting because you kind of explain this on radio that we are in a weird place and we need navigation to get around. Can you kind of walk through how you guys design the show? Yeah, I think that, OK, there's not a, there's not a lack of people willing to just talk 
right. out of their butts and yeah. say stuff. Right. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of opinions out there. Right. But I always feel like people are either extremely filtered or, you know, or again, or they're too fringy and they don't actually talk about anything. They're just kind of like BSing on air. And I'm like, yeah. there's got to be a way to just get together every day. And, and the, the point of like the name of the show is, is feeling like, I feel like I always try to make sense of the world and the next day something happens and I'm like, okay, I got to rethink everything again. Yeah. Right. And I, and I talked about on the radio show too, about how I feel like a kid lost in a mall. It's like when you're a kid, you don't have a credit card, you don't have a cell phone, your mom tells you she's at a store, you're just lost and you don't know where to find your mom. But at least they have those maps in the middle of the mall that tell you where you are in the mall and you use that point, that centering point to try to figure out where to go next. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't think you can make six months plans. You can't interview people and be like, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see the country in five years? Yeah. Is there a country in five years? So that's, it's gotten to the point where it's like, I feel like it's a job interview every day where we sit down and go, well, let's see where we find ourselves, not even tomorrow. What's happening today? Cause it all just doesn't make sense anymore. And it's like what you knew yesterday doesn't work to explain today. It's like declining at such a rapid pace that it's going to take more and more time every day to just try to make sense of what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah, I, f I feel like there are certain things that I knew about the world. Like, for example, I, this is an example, Australia. I thought Australia was kind of like a, a version of us, right? They're similar to us. They do a lot of the same things. They have a lot of the same beliefs and principles. I remember going back a few years, there were these like big global warming, uh, global agreements. And the only other country, the only other major country in, uh, you know, not participating in them was Australia. They, they seemed like they were kind of like us. And now I watch the way that they're reacting. And look, we've done a lot of crazy stuff, but what's going on in Australia is just nuts. Yeah, it's because they don't have a constitution. They don't have a bill of rights. Uh, and they don't believe the rights come from God. They believe they come from the government. Mm. So with any crown colony that is out there, Canada, uh, well, technically the United, United Kingdom is the crown, um, Australia, New Zealand, they have a lot of faith in the government. And what's interesting is, is what people don't realize about their politics over there is that it's going to blow people's minds. But people in Australia that are about the status quo think I'm a communist. That's a, that's the common understanding because people who, who go against the government are communists. Where here mm. you're about liberty and freedom, and it's seen as patriotic to fight the government. Over there, it's seen as you know you're a communist. Your anti-government is a negative thing because again, why would you go against the very people who give you the freedoms you enjoy every day? And so right. as they take them away, it's hard to make sense of like it's just like how we'd go. Well, could you really say God is evil for letting you go through hard times? No, He must still have your best interest in mind. It's sort of divine for a lot of them in ways they don't acknowledge because they're agnostic. Uh, it's a very atheist nation. Mm -hmm. Uh, like many Western countries have become over the years. And so they look to the government to fill that role. And when the government says, well, now's hard times, they feel like, well, I guess this is just my lot in life. And there's not a lot of will to resist it. Yeah, you know, uh, Glenn spent a lot of time trying to explain to people that the way rights flow, right? They flow from God to us. And then we lend them to the government. We lend that to help us enforce them. But the rest of the world doesn't have that understanding, as you point out with Australia. How, is it, how important is it for particularly younger people coming up in this country to actually learn that? Because they're not learning it at school right now. Yeah, I think that it's paramount because, you know, the <laughs> world is very crazy right now. Yeah, I've noticed. It is, yeah. it is institutionally corrupt from the bottom to the top. Mm. People are out there. It's a cruel, cruel world like Donald Trump used to say, and mm. it's not getting any less cruel. And I know it frightens people, but when you know your identity and you know where your values come from, when you go out and you fight, and as I was talking today on my show with Alex Jones was saying, 
when you don't hide in your churches, when you don't act like the Pharisees and act like you're religious and you know better and you're all cleaned up, when you get out in the real world and you fight at the front lines, you realize that if you don't believe in God, you're going to make something else your God. Mm. And you're going to believe that, that that has control and power over you. And that's going to allow people to abuse you. And that's not going to give you the ability to have the freedom and the dignity that you know that, that belongs to you. And if you don't believe in God, which other people don't, then how can you even criticize the government for taking away your rights? Because yeah. if it's not God who gives them to you, then who does? It's the person that has the most power. And so then in that case, you can't complain about totalitarianism and tyranny. Yeah, you can hate it still. You can complain like I can, but what are you gonna do about it? All you're gonna have to do is to take power, but you can't have that right to say, well, I have, where do your rights come from? There's no such thing as rights in, an, in a simply purely godless evolutionary world. It's survival of the fittest, who's stronger and who can crush you is the person that has the ability to make the rules. And I don't believe that. I don't think that's true. I think that we're special. I don't think we're just random animals that came from, from chimpanzees and developed. You know, I think that we are, are divine, created and inspired in the image of God. And I don't think that America as, in a, as a plan, it wasn't an experiment. America as a people that was designed, the posterity of us were designed only to work if we remained with a fear of God and we remained a moral people. And they, the founders knew that the moment that, that dissipated, what happened today is going to happen and it is happening. You say it wasn't an experiment. Why do you say it like that? I think that's uh, kind of like a BS. Uh, the whole idea, two bad ideas that came in the conservative movement, this is why I don't identify as a conservative mm -hmm. that I feel like are, are baloney, is number one, that uh, America is not a people, it's an idea. America is not an idea. If you read the, the, the founding framework of what the documents wrote, the key words, like I said, of posterity, my offspring, the people after us, mm -hmm. those who are like us. Um, there was no idea, uh, melting pot of ideas. That wasn't it. There was a, a, a systematic means of, of organization in this country that they saw to build a free nation to the best of their ability. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't what we see today, which is a globalist interpretation of that. Um, and what I mean by specifically, even with, uh, with them going out and, and building this, that we're not, that basically we are a country and we are a people, is that we're not an idea, uh, but most fundamentally, we have to be built upon a moral framework because it was this idea of removing the crown, removing the state authority mm -hmm. and coming in a place where your authority was under God and respected that. And that's basically how we were born and that's how we are born into that. And when we remove that value system, you basically remove the framework of the entire nation and you allow it to happen to the country what's happening today. Mm, yeah, that's, I mean, it really is a, uh, the, the framework is the right way to look at that because we, we set up these guardrails, right? People can do, there is tons of freedom here, but we've always had guardrails. That's always been part of the country. You can do certain things, you can't do others. It is based on a moral vision, which is important. Part of that vision, I think, uh, uh, that leads to the freedoms that we've enjoyed all this time is this idea of freedom of speech. And that is in a is in flux right now. I mean, you, you talked about Alex Jones. He was probably the first guy, at least the one first one I can remember, who really lost his platform or at least a good chunk of it because he was saying things that were not approved. Now, you may or may not agree with Alex, but, you know, anybody, I, don't, I don't know many conservatives who are like, yes, I think he should be kicked off the Internet. People like might not agree with him, but they want him to be able to be able to speak. And you see that this is just going down this road over and over again. I, I thought of this uh, the other day because they're doing this thing now with YouTube's taking off a lot of the vaccine content and all that that's going on. 
I, you wondered almost, right, after the, the lab leak theory went through this process where they kicked all these people off because they talked about it, and then everyone kind of came around and said, oh, okay, well, maybe that actually did happen. You thought maybe there's a piece of optimism that would make you think these tech companies would say, let's not do that again. We screwed that up pretty badly last time. We banned these people for saying something that we're now all acknowledging is a real possibility. It seems like the opposite has happened here. Yeah, I mean, doubling down. I mean, it's not just doubling down. I mean, you have to realize this stuff is is a lot deeper. And I know you know this personally. Mm-hmm. A lot of people watching this know this. Is that, for instance, I mean, Alex Jones, right, was arrested uh, while he was asking uh, then Governor Bush Jr. Um, about you know his ability to denounce the Fed, right? So I remember they arrested him at the press conference. There was a press conference, and he asked a question. He wasn't violent. They detained him. The state police did. They put him in a car. They drove him around for an hour, and they just released him. Right? This is one of the first times that he was involved in this. Mm. And he asked, you know, to 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 denounce the Federal Reserve. I mean, the takeover of our country has been slow. It has been steady. And people like that now that are getting deplatformed, let's say, not in the real world, but but online, have to understand that America, uh, unfortunately, doesn't exist as they. Think it is. That's why people are starting to become alarmed because the truth of what's really our nation is and our, and our empire is becoming more and more evident. Their, their ability to shroud the lies of what they've sold us, uh, that that broad patriotism and propaganda that led us into 20 years of endless war in, in, uh, in the Middle East, it's going away. And what we're seeing with the tech companies too is as they go and as they censor us and as they move further and further, what we're seeing is just people are seeing through the smoke screen and because it's becoming so apparent, right? Where people didn't realize that censorship was happening like that to Alex Jones or something because they didn't have access to a platform. And now that the that average person has access to mm. social media, they see what happens to people who try to use their voice freely, right? It used to be a small group of people that could use their voice. And if they stepped out of line, they would get censored. And it's been like this for about 60, 70 years at the very least of our, of our modern era. But now that... You know, your more mom, obvious, mom, yeah. Yeah, your yeah. mom Carrie or something like that can have a voice. Now they realize that here's what happens when you speak about vaccines, the elections or things like that. Look at how really controlled it all is. And now we're just starting to wake up to seeing this has been going on for a long time. And if it's happening to you, somebody who you go, what, what, what do they have to lose if I speak out? Now you know what they're doing to muzzle the people at the top. It's really scary. And you realize we've been lied to yeah, for decades. It's, it's really bad. And it might be a little too late. <laughs> that, that wonderful, uplifting message from Elijah yeah, Shaver. A little black pill. <laughs> like, yeah. no, no, I, it's true. It feels that way. I think it feels yeah. that way at schools. I, you know, I, I, was, I was saying this on the News and Why It Matters uh, the other day. I, I honestly, like, I, public schools at this point, I don't even know. I, I, I admire people who go and they get the YouTube video filmed of them yelling at the, at the, uh, at the uh, you know, the, the Department of Education and the, and the council that's sitting there and they get their 60 seconds. Matt Walsh just did this the other day. Gets his 60 seconds up there. He was really, really smart and made some really good points. But it's like, I just feel like it's such a lost cause at this point. I don't even feel like fighting in that arena. Now, I know if my kids were there, I would have to be. Luckily, I don't have them in, in, in a public school because I don't believe in them. And I think we need to we almost just need to just uh, just blow up that system figuratively um, to 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 be able to just go into something else, whether it's private school, it's homeschooling, it's all those other options, because this just isn't going to work. And it feels too far lost. Am I too pessimistic there? No, I think we all are starting to sound like anarchists. <laughs> and I and I, and I want to differentiate that from Antifa. Sure. For people who are just wreaking havoc without 
real solution, right? They're the people who just tear down without the intent to rebuild. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, there's a difference between demolishing a building and renovating a building. Right. Both require stripping down the bare bones to the bare bones or to less, even to the foundation, but one only has the intent to make better. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I'm a reconstructionist. I do believe in reconstructing the United States, but unfortunately, because of the global order and the way that, that things are controlled long-term, this has been my concern, with our financial institutions, um, you know, with the great reset that's going on, with the way that they're gonna change our currency to the digital dollar. Um, as we move in this direction, there can be no peace and there won't be peace. And that's why they're so afraid. They're so afraid of people who are strong nationalistic people. And that's why there's the war on white men, for instance, because the people who are most likely to align with values feel like voting on a map comes down to very simply put, the values that globalist empires and the people that are destroying our country are against are most dominant in the voting block of, of straight white men. That's why. It's like, why, why do they hate white men in our culture? Why is there sudden demonization? It's because of the values that they hold in mass. Of course, lots of other races hold those mass, I mean, hold those values, not mm-hmm. in majority. That's a key thing. There's about 10% of the black Americans to 17%, sometimes up to 30 in different areas, 30% of Hispanics. Mm-hmm. But it's like, the values, they're, they're fighting and waging a war. We're on the losing side right now. And everyone feels too weak and too broken down to be the first person to do anything. Because just like all the people with, with high IQs that were awake before end up depressed, you know, obviously you look around and it's like nobody wants to fire the first shot or hurt somebody or call for violence or do anything. And no one wants violence to happen. I don't want it to happen. I don't want that to happen. Which is why I think that the narrative right now is hopefully that there's some sort of a peaceful divorce that we can remove ourselves from this system that has taken over our nation destroyed it they've 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 squandered and 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 raped the benevolence of our nation flooded us with people like like come on it's like i my, my wife can't see her family she's australian her family can't come visit her but you know 17,000 haitian uh, illegals can get in from the south that aren't tested for covid that yeah. don't have the vaccine or mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. you know a million over like it, this is an intentional destruction it's a slap in our face and i don't know if if we can really reform a system like the schools or these things when it's already so entrenched in the deep and the depth of what it is like there's we already feel like we're foreigners in our homeland and that's how it feels now and it's true because imagine if you burn an american flag nothing happens to you you burn a gay flag it's a hate crime they are their flag is already more powerful in the nation and more revered and respected than the flag of the nation that we serve under which is the united states of america so we're already we're, the civil war is already the, the divide's already occurred it's just whether or not we gain control over ourselves again you know mm, it's a, it's, it's a, I, these are huge questions i know you're dealing with them uh, every night uh, <laughs> I'm like i'm like yeah that's why we have to talk every day it's like these are it's hard well, it's it does, hard to yeah. grapple with to realize that there's already, there's already been a war and we lost it. Now we're waging psyop, we're waging like cyber warfare, but you and I are both muzzled to the, to the teeth with this kind of BS, which is obviously why they need Blaze TV subscriptions, because you can do things, you know, I mean, I'm just saying that's why we have Blaze TV, because yeah, we're true. already muzzled everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Thank God, at least here, we can actually speak our minds. It's the cuter half of, uh, of you are here with... Uh with Sidney Watson. It's Elijah Schaefer. Uh, Elijah is here, of course. His uh, show slightly offensive as well. Part of your Blaze TV subscription. You can get it at blazetv.com slash stew. Promo code is stew. You'll save your 10 bucks off your subscription and make sure to check the show out. It just started, what, a couple weeks ago? It's been doing great. Well, I mean, they already hit it pretty badly because right? we, we got banned. <laughs> oh, then, we came, then we came yeah. back and our viewership was like half and you know, the, you, know the, you see the numbers change the where yeah. 60% of the people were like subscribers. Now it's like 80% of the people that are watching are subscribers. Yeah, eh, it's the game. We're playing it. 
it. Hey, this is why you got Blaze TV. Seriously, I mean, because mm -hmm. it allows for free for people to actually yeah. come out and say. Our Alex Jones episode got taken off already. It's on. It's on Blaze TV. So that's the key, key thing. It's like this is already like the fourth episode out of I think like eleven <laughs> that is only on Blaze TV because it wasn't allowed to air on on YouTube. It's I want to. Can we start an over under pool on this show where how long you guys in your YouTube channel lasts? <laughs> I, 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 I literally. Can, can you make it to the end of the year? Do you think it's possible? Can we make it to the end of the month? We haven't even gone a full month. <laughs> Elijah, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you. A lot of stuff going on in Washington right now. There's four kind of big directions that uh, the Democrats are trying to solve sort of all at the same time. The first one is, will we have a government shutdown later tonight? The answer to that is no. That's a passing nine week funding patch to thwart the shutdown. Nine whole weeks, the government will be funded now. And so that one is, uh, we're not gonna have to deal with that. Of course, that's the one, I, really, I don't really mind the government shutdowns all that much. Eh. Especially, I mean, the second one, you don't want to hit the debt ceiling. That's the next one. The default situation is actually really bad. And uh, obviously, you know, Democrats can do this by themselves. Will they choose to do it by themselves? I don't know. They may very well screw that up. Who knows? But you assume they get that one done. They can do that with 50 votes. You have the bipartisan infrastructure bill. They only need 50 votes for that. Um, and they already have that in the Senate. And then 60, uh, excuse me, only 50 votes for the um, you need 60 for the infrastructure, 50 for the reconciliation, which was the bill we started the show with, 3.5 trillion. Got all that spending sorted out? There's a reason why people like uh, Bitcoin right now, because they look at this and they say, wait a minute, they're spending how much money? Uh, maybe if we had a currency that had a fixed amount, I don't know, like let's say 21 million, which is the situation with Bitcoin, maybe that would go up in value. It's why a lot of people are running to this right now. Uh, interestingly, uh, interestingly, there's a mayor in Missouri. Um, his name's Jason Stewart. He has decided to come up with a way to give $1,000 of Bitcoin to every household in his town. Um, now, he is the uh, mayor of Cool Valley, which is a pretty, it's a solid name. Uh, he believes the cryptocurrency can drive social change, overcome many of the inherent flaws with the current economic system. Uh, he's a Bitcoin guy, and he's the mayor, and there's 1,500 people in the town um, so they're going to give $1,000 of Bitcoin to each household. And it's interesting, you see the split here, where you see places like El Salvador, you see places uh, like uh, Miami, for example, the mayor of Miami, very pro-Bitcoin, wants that investment in, in his area. Um, in Wyoming, the senator there, very, very pro-cryptocurrency. Uh, we see this mayor in Missouri. That's one way to go. Embrace it. Let's get the innovation going. Let's have the people who are using their brains to develop and really change the whole way we think about money. Let's bring them to us. Let's hold them close. Let's keep them here. Let's be the ones leading the world. The other side is what we're seeing from the U.S. government and even in a more extreme fashion from China, who has now banned all cryptocurrency uh, transactions. That's a fifth of the you know, world's population who can't use this. You'd think that would tank uh, the cryptocurrencies for a while hasn't happened yet. Pretty amazing. Uh, you know, Wall Street Journal, who seems to have a pretty negative um, overall view on cryptocurrency, uh, wrote a story about how, well, you know, Bitcoin is stalled. The U.S. and China are going after cryptocurrencies. And look, there's some reason to to make a little bit of sense out of getting some sort of certainty for these these cryptocurrency companies here in the United States. 
You know, like, I don't know. Can you give us some basic rules so we understand, you know, you're not going to change them every two days? Because as of right now, you know, Coinbase just went through this whole program where they were going to start paying interest on the amount of cryptocurrency you have. Uh, and they're about to launch the thing. And then they got a letter saying, yeah, if you launch that, we're going to sue you from the government. I'm like, wait a minute. What? You didn't tell us. We asked you about this. You didn't tell us anything about it. So they're just harassing these companies because they want to get control over it. Hopefully, where you don't go down the road of China, hopefully we can um, you know, keep this together a little bit. But as of right now, the, the, the administration seems to have a negative and somewhat ad- adversarial view towards this. We will keep following all the develops as we, uh, developments as we go. But it's nice to see that there are at least some people who are saying, hey, this is good. This is, an, uh, this is a way to minimize the impact and the damage the government can do. You can't spend an extra 3.5 trillion Bitcoin. They just aren't there. They don't exist. And that's a really good thing. I wish we could do the same with dollars. Back in a second. As a lot of us are starting to think more and more about our financial futures, uh, I mean, look at what we just talked about. We're talking about spending trillions and trillions of dollars. Is that going to be good for the economy? The thing you need to know is that we could be seeing in, uh, interest rates go through the roof. If you're buying a home, if you're buying a car, if you're buying any big purchase, you have to worry about this sort of stuff. You're an adult now. You've got to adult a little bit, okay? It's time to be a, a big boy, okay? So how do you get your credit score to a place where you can get the best rate possible? Well, uh, that's why you need to make sure you go through a process and make sure you use ScoreMaster as part of that process. Obviously, paying your bills are important. Obviously, making sure you have the money to, 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 to meet your obligations is important. But if you don't have a good credit score or the credit score you deserve, then you're not going to get the best rates. You're going to be dumping money into the banks and paying people more than you need to be paying. It's your money. Keep it. ScoreMaster allows that to happen because you'll get the best rates possible when you're taking out a loan. And, you know, everything from credit cards to job applications now, they check your credit score. Make sure it's as high as it should be. ScoreMaster.com is the place to go. You can go there now. ScoreMaster.com slash stew. ScoreMaster.com slash stew, where you get your best credit score. It's ScoreMaster.com slash stew. Make sure to head over to our Facebook page and click follow. And if you hold follow down, you'll see the little uh, favorite uh, option pop up. Make sure to click the favorite because that helps us beat the big tech evil algorithm robots. And you'll actually see our content. Won't that be a joy? This comment came in on yesterday's show. Uh, every time Mansion and Cinema state in the press that they will not vote with the Democrats, I send a thank you email to them. Everyone should. They are no doubt facing incredible pressure from their own party and administration. They need to know that even if we do not have the same political affiliation, that we are all Americans and we appreciate uh, we are appreciative of their resolve. That's very true. Seriously, consider not, not only encourage Mansion, but encourage AOC to hold her line as well. And hopefully none of these things pass. Uh, by the way, you can uh, also listen to every show on po- uh, podcast. They're all available. We appreciate your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. Sarcasm. Perfect way to end my day. I love my daily dose of sarcasm. I can't tell she's being sarcastic, though, when she says that. It's the only problem. Make sure to uh, give us that review. We do appreciate it. And remember, when you do, give us a positive five-star review. It not only helps our podcast, but it also hurts others. And that's the most important thing. Okay, so here's what happened. Shakira, the singer, 
She's walking with her eight-year-old, okay? All of a sudden, they're attacked by wild boars <laughs> because I guess she lives in Barcelona. And if you ever think, yeah, I'm, gosh, I can't believe I, I don't like what's going on in the United States, at least you're not getting attacked by wild boars. Apparently, this happens all the time. They attacked Shakira and uh, her son. They took her purse and then ran out into the woods with it. So she lost her purse. I will say, in the, in the defense of the boar, you know, uh, if they probably had been listened to, listening to Hips Don't Lie on Boar Radio for like the 500th time, and uh, that would drive me insane too. Uh, I can't blame the boar. <laughs>